The Mark Stein Show. And now, here's Mark. The dog days of August. Let's just get this out of the way. Right at the top, Joseph Dornish, a Florida member of the Mark Stein Club, says, Man, no comment from Mark Stein about Victoria Premier Dan Andrews hashtag fake poo in Australia. I thought he'd have a field day with that one. Uh, This is a reference to Victoria, perhaps one of the most locked down jurisdictions on the planet. It was locked down the other day because of the discovery, the alleged discovery of COVID in the municipal sewage system of Wangaratta, which is about 150 miles north of Melbourne. Uh, So it was, oh, my God, there's COVID in the sewer system. We're all going to die. So it was back into statewide lockdown. And uh, the mayor of Wangaratta said it was all a crock. There was no COVID in the sewer. And Chairman Dan's commissars of sewage have now conceded as much. And so the hashtag fake poos started trending on Twitter. And, uh, and, and Joseph Dornage regrets that I wasn't in there pitching as the sewage hit the lockdown fan. Uh, he wanted me to have a field day with uh, all that sewage. He wanted me to have a whole one of those septic mounds when you (laughs) drive around certain parts of New Hampshire. Some people like their septic system so much uh, they have it uh, like a hill in the front yard (laughs) all grassed over. And he wanted me to have that kind of a field day with uh, Dan Andrews' fake poo. Look, Joe, I know what you mean, but you don't really need a professional for this, do you? Which is why hashtag fake poos uh, is trending all over Twitter. I mean, I could do 20 minutes of Wangaratta dung-ho fecal shtick, but, you know, our dear friend Kathy Shadel and I used to talk about this from time to time. In fact, we talked about it the last time I saw her, just uh, a short while before she died at the beginning of the year. Um, the reference she always made was to Chaplin's picture, The Great Dictator. That's a magnificent movie, blistering. What a terrific film. It prevented the Second World War and we all lived happily ever after. Right now, after 18 months, I'm in favour of repealing all government COVID impositions and letting the chips fall where they may and letting freeborn citizens take their chances. If you don't know, after... 18 months, where you fall on the risk scale. You're 79 with diabetes, you're 43 and morbidly obese. It's because you've been uh, watching the Kardashians or whatever the new crap is on Netflix for a year and a half, uh, which they didn't have the luxury of doing during the Spanish flu. Uh, So they had to be stewards uh, of their own risk and calculate it accordingly. So I'm in favour of repealing all government impositions and leaving it to the people, and only mass civil disobedience is going to accomplish that. So I don't really know whether jokes or the hashtag fake poos is useful in that regard, uh, because I get the feeling Mr Andrews' ministry in Melbourne is fairly immune to hashtags. And in fact, that his entire... Uh, ministry is running on fake poos. 
I notice also that the many self-proclaimed successors to Rush uh, are notably devoid of the humour for which he was rightly famous. So there's a more general uh, post-joke zeitgeist in the air uh, because we're in a world that is no laughing matter, a world for whose denizens uh, hashtag fake poos is small consolation. Uh, Julian Assange has suffered a setback at the High Court in London. Mr Assange is the WikiLeaks founder and an Australian subject to the Queen, so he owes no allegiance whatsoever to the United States any more than a US citizen who published leaked intelligence from Australia Uh, would owe any allegiance to Her Majesty's government in Canberra. Uh, If the world's most bloated, quote-unquote, intelligence community can't keep its own secrets, that's not Assange's problem. Trump should have instructed the dirty, stinking, rotten, corrupt Department of Justice to drop the case, and I regret that he didn't. Anyway, the English High Court has now given... The United States government leave to appeal the psychiatric finding that were he to be extradited to America, Julian Assange would be at risk of feeling suicidal. Uh, The real question, of course, is not whether uh, you're feeling suicidal, but whether the United States government is feeling suicidal towards you. Uh, as the dirty, stinking, rotten, corrupt Bureau of Prisons was feeling towards the most high-profile prisoner in federal custody, Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, The federal prosecutors had a weak case against Epstein because of the dirty, stinking, rotten, corrupt deals that earlier corrupt prosecutors had done with Epstein. So suicide was very convenient for them. The federal prosecutors have an even weaker case against Assange, So suicide would be even more convenient. No foreign nation, not Canada, not the United Kingdom, not Australia, should extradite, uh, not France, not Denmark, not Slovenia, not Hungary. No foreign nation should extradite at the behest of the dirty, stinking, rotten, corrupt Department of Justice. Meanwhile... What of the Durham report? Oh, sorry, I didn't say that right. The Durham report! The Durham report! The Durham report! The Durham report! Wait a minute. Did John Durham commit suicide or did he die in a tragic accident when Jeffrey Epstein's bedsheet snapped and Epstein fell down and crushed Mr. Durham as he was strolling underneath the dangling body? Congressman Devin Nunes says no, this tireless prosecutor is still on the case, but people are beginning to wonder. Where's John Durham? 
What happened to William Barr? I mean, President Trump made that same statement. You know, he was saying that at CPAC. And everybody's right. Where? What happened? No one's held accountable. Well, People look, were look, fired. What you, what you see happening, uh, I, look, I'm still positive, and I guess I have to be, that people are going to go to jail and they are going to be prosecuted for the Russia grand fiasco and the Russia hoax. Uh, however, we're now, this is something wait, totally wait, wait, wait. new. That's, that, is, that, that, that is important, that you still believe that. I, I, I still believe I it. Trust. Look, I, maybe I'm a little Pollyanna, uh, but I just have to have faith ultimately that there's, that, you know, there was a special counsel created. Durham does have the power. We're fully expecting him. It may not be as broad as, as we want it to be. But look, there are some major perpetrators. I think as, as you and everybody else know, we've made over 14 criminal referrals. That doesn't mean 14 individuals. That means 14 different criminal referrals involving multiple individuals. You've given me hope right now. And you also broke news right now. I mean, this is big news. Are you expecting something next week, possibly? Well, and look, I you really have to re- hope you have to that John Durham's doing his job. Yeah, so I think I, I do believe Durant will at least he has the power and he shouldn't be corrupt. And if he is, it ultimately would be come down to Garland. And that would be a big issue, especially if Republicans get control uh, back of the Congress. So Congressman Nunes says the Durham report, quote, may not be as broad as we want. <laughs> uh, take two. I can do this with a straight face. Come on, I'll do it again. Let's roll. So Congressman Nunes. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it. Don't wait a minute. So Congressman Nunes says the Durham report, quote, may not be as broad as we want it to be. Yeah, okay. But after all these years of relentless investigation, he's still going to get him, isn't he? Back in 1944, I remember Durham walking out the door. He would get him. Comey, Clapper, Brandon, Struck, and Steel. Now I'm gonna read Old Durham soon. I'm gonna read Old Durham soon. I'm gonna read Old Durham soon. But the waiting's really getting me I'm reading a report of Congressman Nunes' remarks uh, at the Yahoo News site, where the story is illustrated by two photographs of John Durham. They're both actually the same photograph, which appears to be the only photograph of John Durham that has ever been taken in his entire life. And this photograph, you'll all be familiar with it, dates from 2006. Uh, do you think there's any chance he could maybe take a selfie of himself holding up today's newspaper, maybe? Ha! That's what they want. They want you to grow dispirited. The Durham report is going to merge with the Hunter investigation. And he's going to get everybody. Just you wait.
Join us soon for another Durham Report Watch update on The Mark Stein Show. As I say about the Mann versus Stein case in the District of Columbia, the process is the punishment, but the genius of the American system is that sometimes the process can be the non-punishment for year after year after year. Am I right, Mr. Durham? To quote Kathy Shadle again, her marvellous line whenever some lefty activist would be haranguing her on some point or other, and eventually she turned to the guy and say, what happened to you? Her general view of life was that a lot of people are emotionally damaged, and in the abyss of that damage, a lot of them wind up turning to left-wing politics. I could fill up the whole show with examples of that. The transgender YouTube star, Chris Chan. I forget whether he or she is female to male or male to female. And to be honest, it's a bit hard to tell. I'm, I, 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 I know one is not meant to be, but I'm really appallingly lookist about the whole trans thing. And the standards have come down terribly since the days when the whole thing uh, was mostly confined to showbiz, like my old Aussie uh, telly confrere, Carlotta, the Queen of King's Cross, uh, with whom I was on uh, whatever that Aussie TV show was a couple of years back. Uh, Oh, wait, I think Chris Chan actually must be male to female because she has a penis, which is why she's been arrested for raping her 79-year-old mother. So Chris Chan uh, appears to be a mentally ill rapist who became a YouTube star. Then we have, uh, somewhat less luridly, Dr. Gary Maynard, the Sonoma State University professor just arrested for setting multiple forest fires throughout Northern California. I'm impressed he can find anywhere that's not already ablaze in that part of the world. But the U.S. attorney says uh, there are no bail conditions. He's got to stay in jail because there are no bail conditions that can stop Dr. Maynard from continuing to light up California. Damaged people, damaged people in a damaged Society. Our faith is broken. Our families are broken. Our social norms by which we form families are broken, as has uh, come up in some of your comments on uh, uh, Burning Daylight, our current uh, tale for our time by Jack London. You can check out the uh, latest episode tonight. But in recent episodes, uh, the, the lack of courtship norms in today's society. So our faith is broken. Our families are broken, our social norms by which we form those families are broken, and in the void we turn to activism to give our lives meaning. Transgender rights, climate change. So we have a world of elite globalists recruiting the mentally ill as their foot soldiers and enforcers, and as Kathy liked to say, uh, effectively passing off that mental illness as progressive social policy. Uh, So we have corporations agreeing to go along with things that are objectively nuts. But even on a milder level, there seems to me a lot of uh, psychologically unhealthy 
business going on. Uh, why do so many on the left, for example, persist in finding heroes where they know no such heroes are to be found? Ladies and gentlemen, here's one of the many Commonwealth immigrants from Samantha B to James Corden propping up what remains of the dismal uh, state of late night comedy on American television, the sweetly charmingly, endearingly unfunny, Trevor Noah. The one governor who's crushing it the most right now is Andrew Cuomo. Yes. Thanks to his handling, his approval rating has soared to a seven-year high. And he's even becoming uh, something of a crush for many people. Yeah. People online are falling in love with him. And I'm not going to lie, those people include me. My Tinder profile now lists me as a Cuomo sexual. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, new tonight at 11 on Comedy Central. Well, he took his time getting there, considering it was all written out for him by his gag writers. Look, the last three governors of New York, who were all Democrats, the last Republican governor was uh, that guy Pataki, and no one wants to get me tooed by him, and he looks like the kind, his face signals that he knows that, and he's not going to bother. That was the last Republican, so-called. Not much of a Republican, except in, in, in the sense that he kept his trousers buttoned up. But the last three Democrat governors of New York, the last three governors, have all resigned because of sex scandals. Do you remember Spitzer? He was old school. Uh, so he had a five grand an hour hooker. Yes. The, do you remember he was the great anti-corruption crusader, but somehow wound up being able to afford five grand an hour hookers? Uh, I think in my state, you could buy every hooker in the state of New Hampshire uh, for the next year and a half for five grand. Anyway, Spitzer had a five grand an hour hooker waiting for him in room 871 of the Mayflower Hotel in Washington. Spitzer was famously client number nine. Governor, I transport women across state lines for immoral purposes. Governor, if I pay extra, can we do something unsafe? Uh, so Spitzer was succeeded as the next governor of New York by uh, Governor New Broom, Governor Sweeping Clean. So a few hours after being sworn in, the new gubernatorial broom gave an interview to the uh, New York Daily News headlined as follows. <laughs> this is like hours after he's just replaced the previous sex fiend. Governor Patterson admits to sex with other women for years. Uh, which is very shrewd politically, because what could be savvier than coming in the way the other fellow went out? Uh, David Patterson was the first black governor of New York and also the first blind governor of New York. So it's good to know that amidst all this shattering of the glass ceiling, uh, that it was only to get to the hot sheet penthouse and carry on as his predecessor did. Uh, for two or three years, he used to travel down from the state legislature at Albany to meet up with his mistress at the Days Inn on 94th Street in Manhattan. Uh, I, I'm impressed by that. Uh, as a subsequent story reported, after a couple of expense claims for the Days Inn turned up... Uh, the, the headline read, I never use state cash to pay for liaisons. And even if he did, booking the days in is a lot more fiscally responsible uh, than putting up at the Mayflower in Washington. I'm amazed you can actually find a Democrat governor in New York willing uh, 
uh, to conduct his illicit sex sessions in the Days Inn on 94th Street. Amazing. Impressive. Anyway, uh, Spitzer and Patterson's governorship self-detonated and they were succeeded by Cuomo. And Cuomo's appetites and the general environment of his office were well known. And yet they were so confident they still let that whole Cuomo sexual thing from pathetic court jesters such as Ellen and Trevor run around until, until... One night a few months ago when I was on telly with my fearless fellow Ontarian, Janice Dean, the great weather supremo at Fox News, and we had a bit of breaking news. Look, whether a person died in a hospital or died in a nursing home, it's the people died. We're below the national average in number of deaths in nursing homes. But who cares? They died. Yeah, they died, and my next guest cares, and maybe you should care too. We have breaking news tonight from the New York Post. Governor Andrew Cuomo's secretary has now admitted that they covered up the state's nursing home death toll. Uh, that stunning admission made on a call with state leaders from the Democrat Party, where his secretary apologized for the cover-up and then blamed President Trump for the decision to withhold those numbers. Janice Dean joins me now, the peerless meteorologist, New York Times best-selling author of the forthcoming book, Make Your Own Sunshine, <laughs> and the next governor of New York, uh, Janice. Janice, this was a, this was a, a tragedy for your in-laws, uh, because it should have been their 60th wedding anniversary right now, and instead... Your father-in-law and your mother-in-law died within a few days of each other. And Andrew Cuomo, it looks as if there might be a reckoning for him over this. This is the biggest bombshell that we have had so far. Uh, we had a trickling in of the numbers. We knew the numbers were much bigger than the governor was mm. admitting. So over 15,000 uh, residents died from getting COVID in their nursing homes. Uh, they just admitted that they put over 9,000 infected patients into nursing mm. homes. And now the biggest bombshell coming from the New York Post uh, that his secretary, Melissa DeRosa, admitted that they covered it all all up. And, and I don't think you can overstate the tragedy of this. I, after you tweeted about your in-laws, I noticed uh, it was a kind of mini trend that the husband would die on the Tuesday and the wife would die on the Friday and someone such as yourself has to have that terrible thing where you've got to explain to your kid that uh, grandma's died and then a few days later that grandpa's died. And yet we've got all these restrictions on restaurants, on every other aspect of life and the people who were most vulnerable, Andrew Cuomo, failed to protect on an horrific scale. Absolutely. And it wasn't just him. There were other governors, other Democratic governors that did the same thing, putting COVID positive patients into nursing homes. Newsom, uh, Whitmer, Wolf and Murphy and Cuomo. Right. Five of them right. put COVID positive patients into nursing homes. He became a hero to the left in this country, Cuomo, and he still thinks this can bounce off him. It can't. Not now. 
We have an admission. And I would like to thank whoever that Democratic lawmaker was that was the leak yesterday that gave us that information, uh, because I believe all of them should go to jail. Mm. Do you think that will come to that, that there will be uh, criminal charges against New York's administration? I think they have to do something. There has to be an independent bipartisan investigation now with subpoena power. We need to see these people on the stand with a jury, with us, the people that lost our loved ones in the audience, to see them tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Because justice needs to be served. We don't have our loved ones here today. But by God, I am here to be a voice for all of them. And I want justice. The celebrity class has mocked you on, on Twitter, Janice. They're saying you're just uh, like a weather girl. You don't know what you're talking about. Uh, and why do you keep going on in it? Uh, you're determined to keep going on about this. It's personal. I have never been a political mm. person in my entire life. It no, affected my family. True. I'm speaking on behalf of them. And it was it's their 60th wedding anniversary today, Mark. And the Angels mm. won. Now listen to what Janice is actually saying there. What Cuomo did, Newsom did, and Whitmer did. And just at the precise moment when the Democrat bloodbath in multiple states was about to become politically problematic, they played the sp Bits of Patterson card on Cuomo, and he became just another politician with a zipper problem and a dozen or so involuntary Cuomo sexuals. He, in fact, is more significant than that. He embodies the madness of the Western world these last 18 months in his blood-soaked butchery in their determination to universalize the problem and impose COVID lockdowns on all of us, they failed utterly to protect the most vulnerable. So sometimes, as with me in the man case, the process is the punishment. And sometimes, as with the Durham report, the process is the non-punishment. And sometimes the process is just a massive deflection from what's really going on. Mark's mailbox is on the air. As you know, Tucker was in Budapest for a week uh, and he uh, interviewed the Prime Minister of Hungary, Viktor Orban, and uh, I was called upon uh, to respond instantly. Janet Long, a Missouri member of the Mark Stein Club, says, Will Mr. Orban be able to keep his present governing style for the long term, considering the opposition he faces from the elites in Europe? As we've seen here, all it takes is a well-planned and illegitimate election, and you're off to the races down the path to totalitarianism. They've had enough of that, so I hope they watch America closely to see how things pan out here. Well, there's no doubt that those who dissent from the multicultural open borders outlook of the Euroclatura in Brussels and Strasbourg and Paris and Berlin and so forth get a hard time from the EU. And the EU can certainly do things to stick it to you if they want to because of the nature of the club. That said, it would be a lot harder to steal an election in Hungary than it is in America uh, because Hungary's election system isn't as crap 
as America's. America has the crappiest election system, not only in the so-called free world, the so-called developed world, but also by comparison with much of the so-called third world. You have ballot harvesting, in other words, where votes are delivered by people other than those who cast them. That's an obvious racket. Uh, Driving trucks from one place to another in the middle of the night with boxes of ballots so that votes are not counted where they're cast. That's another racket. It's crap, crap, crappity crap. So as I've said frequently, the only people who made any sense to me in those immediate days when I was uh, rather busy um, filling in for an ailing rush in November and December were a South African uh, who now lives in Florida and a Canadian lady who now lives, I think, in Illinois because they were the only ones who'd seen how normal election systems are. Hungary has a normal election system and Victor Orban uh, became prime minister under that system. To see the know-nothing left pile on. Suddenly, suddenly, the moment Tucker's plane touched down in Budapest, everyone in the American left was an expert on Hungary. So they're all calling. The immediate term for uh, Viktor Orban was dictator. He's not a dictator. He has become head of government by a more legitimate process than the American process. And as I said, to take that away from him by the American method, where you uh, stop counting at 10 o'clock at night. So they all were uh, about uh, 15,000 votes behind here. So let's see if we can find, uh, let, well, let's give us a bit of a cushion. 18, 19,000 votes by 4 a.m. Get to it, lads. See you back here in the morning. He's not a dictator, Auburn. He was elected more legitimately than by the system by which the United States elects its president. Shameful, shameful. So I don't know. It'd be a lot more difficult to steal it from him. Drew, who is a first-month founding member of the Mark Stein Club and my fellow Torontonian, Drew says, listening to Auburn, now there's a leader, one who is proud of his people and his nation and thinks others in the West should feel the same about their countries. Not try to homogenize them all into mixed race, mixed culture, nothingness, to be ruled like obedient peasants by distant global overlords and colluders with the Chinese who keep themselves totally unsullied by multicult that clearly weakens, not strengthens, its adopters. That's completely correct, Drew. Uh, China is not in the least bit multicultural. It's a nation of 1.4 billion people, of whom over a billion are a single ethnic group, uh, the Han Chinese. So they think as a conventional ethno-national state. Drew continues, diversity brings weakness, not strength, and the proof is that it's prescribed solely for the most successful nations, those founded by Christian whites, instead of for the worst nations with economic failure and or missing in action human rights. Why would you apply a strengthening formula to the already strong instead of the weak? Obviously, the aim is to weaken the strong, says Drew. And I I think that's all unarguable. I've said before, what I loved about the Europe of my childhood, my mother was Belgian, as some of you may know, but if you're in Belgium and you drive 50 miles in any direction, the, the language is different, the food is different, the architecture is different. 
But it is so boring to me now where you, every city in the Western world, except those of Middle Europa and east of those, but if you're in North America, if you're in Western Europe, uh, and you go to any big city, everybody under 50 appears to have come from somewhere else. You can't particularly tell whether the chap coming towards you is an emaciated Samoan or a corpulent Afghan, but you just take it as read. Everyone who serves you coffee, uh, everyone who brings you a sandwich is from somewhere else. And we accept that as entirely natural. At any point in human history, it would have struck people as very bizarre. And its uh, I think it's made the world rather boring. And, and apart from the fact it testifies to a basic structural defect in society. As I said long, long ago, in I think it was either America alone or after America, diversity is where nations go to die. Now, Victor Orban... That's that's his chief selling point. Is his, he he wants it, you don't even need to get into left and right and uh, am I going to get a tax cut or are we going to have uh, socialized health care? It's more basic than that. He'd like Hungary to stay Hungarian, just like Poles would like Poland to stay Polish and Bulgars would like uh, Bulgaria to stay Bulgarian. It's pretty basic that. And as I said, almost everything else, like a cut in corporate tax rates or your healthcare arrangements, is subsidiary to that. Now, there's corruption. The people calling Auburn a dictator were just idiots, know-nothings. Uh, ones who made the slightly subtler argument that there's corruption in Hungary are on firmer ground. There is a fairly low level of nickel and dime corruption. And I'm comparing that not with America. We'll get to America in a minute. But I'm comparing that just to the Canadian Liberal Party, which is grotesquely corrupt. So I'm just saying, yeah, Hungary's uh, got a little bit of nickel and dime corruption, but not as bad as Justin Trudeau. Now, then we get to the United States, which is stinkingly corrupt. There is no plausible accounting for how a man who has been in quote-unquote public service, as Joe Biden has for 50 years, has amassed the property portfolio that Joe Biden has. That is the benefit of uh, corruptly procured monies. But we don't talk about it. We don't talk about the way his talentless son a son who's never done anything approximating to a real job with a steady income other than serving as his father's bagman or his quote-unquote consultancy with Burisma or now his uh, sudden ascent into the absolute upper levels of, uh, of high-selling artists – uh, then we have Nancy Pelosi, who I oh, just said, what's this? This is from the uh, nonprofit group Open Secrets. Nancy Pelosi's wealth has increased from $41 million in 2004. So she was starting from a pretty high point now to uh, $115 million, mostly by uh, trading stocks in big tech. Uh, 75% of uh, the Pelosi's, uh, Paul and Nancy Pelosi's stock trading is over Silicon Valley big tech uh, types. And uh, that's 
coincidentally, exactly the kind of people that uh, she's supposed to be monitoring and overseeing in Congress. She has meetings with the Apple guy, with the Google guy, uh, with all these people. She takes their phone calls. And, and curiously enough, just by trading their stocks of these people that she's on the telephone with, uh, she has managed to increase her wealth from 41 million to 115 million. It used to be that, generally speaking, the highest levels of non-corruption were in the English-speaking democracies and in Scandinavia. Now we have world leaders in corruption in the United States of America. Uh, the man who sits in the Oval Office is corrupt. His son is corrupt. The Speaker of the House is corrupt. Uh, and, and by comparison, there is nothing that anybody is doing in Hungarian politics that comes anywhere close to this. This is Mark Stein, and on Stein's Song of the Week this Sunday, we have a standard that could serve as the very theme song of Serenade Radio, our credo, our national anthem, should we ever become a sovereign state. It's the perfect summation of what we're about, but we get there via Champion the Wonder Horse and Gene Kelly playing tennis. No, not with Champion, although they may have played doubles with Sid Charisse and Skippy the Bush Kangaroo. Stein's Song of the Week, Sunday afternoon at 5.30. And 5.30pm London time is uh, half past noon on the North American East Coast and 9.30am on the West. So it's a Sunday brunchy kind of show in the Americas and, and we hope you enjoy it as such. Well, it's been a bit of a heavy show today, so we need to keep smiling at trouble for trouble's a bubble and bubbles will soon blow away. One year ago, today, Trini Lopez died of the Chicom 19 and I played this record of his... And a lot of listeners wrote to say how much they liked it. Music by the aforementioned Charlie Chaplin, words by John Turner and Jeffrey Parsons. And this is a rare version of Smile that makes you smile. Go Trini. Smile though your heart is aching. Smile even though it's breaking. When there are clouds in the sky, you'll get by. If you smile through your fear and sorrow Smile and maybe tomorrow You'll see the sun come shining through For you Light up your face with gladness Hide every trace of sadness Although our tears may be ever so near That's the time you must keep on trying Smile, what's the use of crying? You'll find that life is still worthwhile If you just smile Smile, though your heart is aching Smile, even though it's breaking When there are clouds in the sky You'll get by If you smile through your fear and sorrow Smile and maybe tomorrow You'll see the sun come shining through For you Light up your face with gladness 
hide every trace of sadness Although our tear may be ever so near That's the time you must keep on trying Smile, what's the use of crying? You'll find that life is still worthwhile If you just smile Smile though your heart is aching Smile even though it's breaking When there are clouds in the sky You'll get by If you smile through your fear and sorrow Sadness, although our tear may be ever so near, that's the time you must keep on trying. Smile, what's the use of crying? You'll find that life is still worthwhile if you just smile. If you, if you just smile. Trini Lopez, dead of the COVID one year ago today, but smiling through. I'll see you with Tucker tonight, Wednesday, live across America, a few hours' time. And back here immediately afterwards for our Tale for Our Time, Jack London's Burning Daylight, the latest episode. I'll be on Serenade Radio tomorrow for the Thursday repeat of Stein's Song of the Week, if you missed it on Sunday. That's Thursday, 9 p.m., British summertime, which is uh, 4 p.m. in New York, 1 p.m. in Vancouver. Not sure what time it is in Chairman Dan's Melbourne, but your radio's probably infected with the big corona. So he'll be around to kick the door in and contain the threat. Stay safe, stay free. Join us next time for another edition of The Mark Stein Show. The Mark Stein Show is a production of Mark Stein Enterprises and Oak Hill Media. reserved.